Hello and welcome. This is Parenting for the Everyday. I'm Becca Alvarez. And I'm Holly Dyke Andrew. We are two moms currently down in the trenches of parenthood. We want to create a community of support and encouragement as we set out to find the answers to the parenting questions that everyone is asking. From the easy stuff to the hard stuff, we want to talk about it all. And today we are talking with Christina Halwerda about boundaries, especially as we're heading into a holiday season. So Christina, tell us about you, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Christina Hallwarda. I am wife to the amazing, gifted, handsome Pastor Mike Hallwarda <laughs> and mom to the sweetest boys, Brayden, who is six, and Kason, who is one. Um, and I'm a licensed independent social worker, and I've been doing clinical counseling for a little over 10 years. And the past four years or so, I've been counseling here through the Center for Care at Christ Community Chapel. And I see kids typically ages eight um, and up, like through young adulthood. And Becca, if you wouldn't take a minute and just talk about a little bit about your um, background, if people haven't heard uh, kind of who you are, just tell us why this uh, topic is important to you and uh, kind of your expertise that you're going to add in here too. Yeah. So I am also a social worker. Um, I got licensed in Texas. And so I think it's the equivalent. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, which I think is about the same as the independent social worker. Um, I got my license while working for an organization called the Children's Assessment Center, which is an advocacy center. Um, There's a bunch of them all over the U.S., but it's basically the way that the U.S. has chosen to combat child sexual abuse. And so I worked in a multidisciplinary team. And what we did is we saw all of the survivors of child crimes that happened in Houston. So for five or six years, my job was to interview the individual child about what has occurred, um, their experience, and go through everything about that event in their life. So I am very passionate about boundaries, and I'm very passionate about uh, the relevancy of this topic. I think it's something that is serious and hard to talk about, but something that should be talked about. And so I'm really excited to have some different perspectives and really use some of this education to share with other people. Yeah. So let's talk about why it's important. So from a mental health perspective um, and a child raising perspective, why is it important to be having the conversation uh, with your kids and even us today around boundaries? Like what makes that such an important topic? I think it's important for so many different reasons, but Right now, let's just talk about kind of the statistics that are around um, child sexual abuse because that will be my expertise. And we won't only be focusing on that during this this episode. But on a statistical level, we know that there are about one in four girls that will be sexually abused before they're 18 and one in six boys. Um, That's not the most accurate statistic because also disclosure is really, really difficult to have for a child. Uh, We also know that 90% of child sexual abuse happens and occurs with known individuals and often loved individuals. And so we wanted to talk about this topic coming into the holidays to not necessarily... um, say that anything will happen, but it's more of just really exercising good, healthy boundaries and how to empower your children and empower that resilience and build that resilience in them so that if they ever come into contact with someone that tries something, they know what to do because you have set those foundational steps. That would be why it is important to me. 
Yeah, and I think to add to that, I mean, I think even stepping back a little bit, like we want to be the ones that are shaping our kids' understandings of their own bodies, Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are protecting our kids, and then the ones that are like empowering our children to protect themselves. And so I think like it's important at any time, but the holidays when we are going to different parties or getting family gatherings, like this is when we are going to be utilizing some of the boundaries that we've been talking about with our kids. Um, And I think like— like Becca said, it it builds resiliency, but it's also like building protective factors mm-hmm. around our children. Um, and so I think it starts a few steps back, right? Like in a very elementary way, like we want to say to our kids, like God made every part of your body and he said every part of your body is good. Mm-hmm. Um, some parts are for sharing and some parts are not for sharing. And I can share a hug or a kiss if I want. And I can also choose to not give mm-hmm. a hug or a kiss, right? So this is even where, like, Becca comes in where it's not only about sexual abuse. It's about, like, all mm-hmm. autonomy over our bodies. Um, and saying, like, it's okay to say no because we don't always want to be touched even if it's by someone that you love. Mm-hmm. And I think in doing that, it's, like, multi-beneficial, right? Because you're communicating a couple of things. Like, you're communicating you can still love someone and not want to give a hug, mm-hmm. right? And that starts now, but then you can see how that would uh, be beneficial as kids are getting older and getting mm-hmm. into relationships. Um, it also communicates, like, even if someone is an authoritative role over you, you can still say no mm-hmm. if you don't want to give a hug or whatever the touch may be. Um, and this is also what it looks like to respect someone else's no, right? Like someone mm-hmm. else's body. Like we're learning this in a mutually um, respectful kind of way. And this is the conversation that you're having all the time, not mm-hmm. just at the holidays. Right. But is this the conversation when you said, like, you're going into to work parties, you're going into family parties, you're going into just all the different holiday events. Um, is this the conversation you'd be having, again, reiterating some of these things? Um, I guess the question would be, what are those appropriate boundaries that you're setting for your kids, especially when they're so young, they can't set them for themselves? So, you, so as parents, we are setting them. What would those boundaries be? Yeah. I think um, for me, like one of my favorite tools, like in all settings, but um, especially with younger kids, is to utilize books. Um, And so a great picture book that you can utilize like for this topic specifically is called uh, God Made All of Me by Justin and Lindsay Holcomb. Um, It's recommended for ages like two through eight-ish, but it talks through their bodies and distinguishing between like appropriate and inappropriate touch um, and and how to navigate some of those conversations. It goes into, like, the idea of secrets and not having secrets, the idea of, like, playing doctor and, like, what's appropriate Mm -hmm. in that. Like, it goes into some of these, like, more specifics of the conversation. So I think that can be a really great starting point is to utilize something like that to get the conversation started in a way that feels like you're not having to come up with all of it um, from the beginning Mm -hmm. on your own. And you're starting the conversation young. I mean, the book Age two. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's- and so, like, it says, like, you know, it'll talk about, like, a bathing suit or, um, like, what does your bathing suit cover? Those are your private parts. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that. Yeah, I love that. And I think a misnomer of of this conversation is that if you talk to them young, it will put ideas in their head or or it's too serious or it's— but it's not, you know, you are really just building foundational steps and and bringing awareness to them. I think we are often, it's an instinctual thing to shy away from this conversation when it really is something that you want to start having young so that you can build on that step as they get older and these things start to come into their life more and more. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think beyond that, too, like, then it requires a conversation with your spouse, right? Because I think different people, different families are going to have different boundaries that are going to feel comfortable to them. So I think that's important. 
Um, and then I think take cues from your kids, right? Mm-hmm. If they're old enough, you can ask them, like, what they're comfortable with in terms of boundaries um, and, like, physical, like, hugging, kissing, things like that. Um, different personalities are going to have different comfort levels. Even your kid's mood, like, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times when my son is all about giving a hug and then other times where he, like, is not wanting to give hugs. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be rigid, right? Like, just because it's an appropriate touch doesn't mean we force it. Like, mm-hmm. we give you space to say, no, thank you, or how about a high five instead, or whatever that mm-hmm. might look like. And are you talking about even just in your own home? So, like, take out extended family and friends. Like, even in your own home, are you teaching those boundaries as far as, like, asking your son, like, hey, can like can I give you a kiss? Or I want to give you a kiss. Like, are you having those conversations um, even just in, like, your immediate family? Or is this more like you're talking about kind of in a more broader sense? Personally, I would say more broader sense. Okay. I mean, I, I don't necessarily ask my son every time I want to give him a hug yeah. or a kiss. Um, but if he's like, no, I don't want it, then I respect that. You don't push mm-hmm. it. Correct. Yeah. So it's like some of it is also a level of respecting mm-hmm. what is being communicated back to me. Yeah. I think it's uh, also this is can kind of be a hot topic because I think there's some generational differences mm-hmm. here. Um, I think sometimes like uh, it's seen as a respect when an older relative maybe asks your kid like give me a hug, and when they mm-hmm. say no, it feels disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So how do you navigate that? Even communicating to others, like do you let your mm-hmm. child do it? When do you step in on behalf of your child and say, oh no, like they don't have to, like give them a high five instead? Mm-hmm. Can how do you navigate those waters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like. I think generationally is, like, a big thing, like you said, Holly. Um, And I think, like, it's helpful to remember that boundary setting a lot of times has two steps to it, right? Like, the first step is identifying what the boundary is. And then, like, the second step is being prepared to know how you're going to respond or what you're going to do to enforce it. So, like, if I... For example, if it's the same situation, like you go to a family party, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, whoever, like wants a hug and your child doesn't want to do that, you know, so then what we will do frequently is offer an alternative. So we'll Mm -hmm. say like, do you want to give a hug or you want to give a high five? So in that way, it's like we're reminding our kid that they have a choice, but then we're also communicating to the adult like we're giving them a choice. Um, but, like, I could see pushback happening and it being innocent, right, frequently. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, I miss you. I love you. I want to give you a hug. So then being prepared with, like, a script to say, like, no, we want him to have the choice to be able to who and when he wants to give a hug and mm-hmm. high five is a great greeting. Um, and that might be enough in that moment, but then you might need to address it again, like, later, especially if it's, like, with a grandparent because there's a generational thing or you don't see them super frequently. Um, and it doesn't have to be confrontational, right? Like, it could be, like, hey, we're just, like, learning more about this and we're wanting to build this protective factor, this skill into our children. And so um, we don't want or hope that it won't come across as a disrespectful thing or it has nothing to do with, like, mm-hmm. how they feel about you. Yeah. It's just we want them to know that they have the autonomy and they have the choice to mm-hmm. say yes or no to any kind of touch, appropriate or not. Yeah, I think that was such an excellent answer. And it was so good for a couple different reasons. One is it is hard. And I think that there are generational things. There are also cultural things mm-hmm. that you have to interact with. But with this conversation, um, I think your goal and your heart in it, it really is to build that empowerment and that resilience in your children. And you do that by supporting them and giving them those developmentally appropriate choices. And so it doesn't mean that we're just allowing them to not say hi to anyone and go watch TV. You know, I think it you can greet, you can be polite, but it is supporting their own bodily autonomy in that. And having that conversation as 
I am someone that does not love confrontation, but I think those are the conversations that are worth the discussion. And ideally, it doesn't turn into something confrontational, but this is you like supporting and sticking up for your kids in this situation. And it's worth kind of exploring that and taking that risk with whoever you're having that boundary with. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons this, uh, this conversation is so important. Um, as a parent, I don't know that I would know like, hey, this is a place I need to advocate for my child here if I didn't mm-hmm. understand the importance. So if I am not uh, informed about kind of the importance of how this will play out in their developmental in their development, then I maybe won't be as bold to say like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to step in here and I'm going to have a little bit of an awkward conversation because I know this is important. Um, one thing that you guys said that I want to kind of go back to is that you mentioned this idea of that it's not just to protect your child, but also to teach your child how to respect mm-hmm. others. And like, can you guys expand on that like a little bit more too? Yeah, I think like, um, you know, even in current, like for me, I'm parenting a six-year-old. And so there are times where like we had a situation for him at school where like he hugged a peer and the peer didn't want him to hug, didn't want my son to hug them. And um, at first it was like my son's feelings were hurt. And Mm -hmm. so it's like helping him kind of think, talk through like, well, you know, sometimes you don't want to give a hug to me or to whoever and it's not because you don't like me or you don't love me Mm -hmm. you just in that moment don't want to hug but when you say that like I respect that I don't do it and so it's the same thing for you with your peer if they don't want that then you hear that and you respect them and you show them love by respecting what they're saying to you right so it can start in that modeling of this age Mm -hmm. but then obviously even like as you get older right so if you're Mm -hmm. in like mutual relationship whether it's like a boyfriend girlfriend situation or whatever it may look like um, understanding from the beginning in these like foundational mm-hmm. building blocks of no means no, the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. That's great. And I think in the same way that we would teach our children normal safety precautions, you know, you need to look both ways before you cross the street. You need to not touch the hot stove. You know, we're just saying using that same lens for body safety as well and for other people. You know, so protecting yourself, protecting others, that's just what we do. That's how we take care of each other. And like Christina said, setting those foundational steps so then they can be built on when the issues do become a little bit bigger. They can go back to their foundation that you have set at such a young age. Yeah. Um, And this whole idea of boundaries can translate like into other areas, not just physical boundaries. Before we kind of started recording, we were just chatting in here and talking about this notion of like when you have boundaries um, over your kids that are maybe different from family members. And so, Christina, you had said, hey, when I don't let my, you know, six-year-old have a phone, but their cousin has Mm -hmm. one, um, how do I navigate a family dynamic without offending, um, you know, a relative by saying, oh, well, you shouldn't have let your kid have a phone Mm because I don't. So how is uh, any advice? on how to kind of navigate those conversations? Do you do it with your children ahead of time and just say, hey, like, I know you're going to walk into this. This is what to do. Mm -hmm. Or are you the one that steps up uh, so your kid doesn't have to? Yeah, I think prep is always Mm -hmm. important, right? Like having these conversations beforehand with your kids. And I think that covers like the span of everything we've talked about. Like even if we go back and we're talking about the physical boundaries, like prepping your kids before you go to a party, like, hey, remember, like if someone asks for a hug and you're not comfortable, like you can say, how about a high five instead? Like that's how you prep them in that. So, and it's a similar situation if it's like different rules or different expectations in the household. Like I would prep your kids with conversations like, 
so-and-so has different rules, but like we still expect that you respect Mm -hmm. our rules. And so that means like no, you know, no playing on the computer in someone's bedroom or, you know, no Mm -hmm. phone time behind closed doors, like whatever it may look like. And so um, I, you can empathize with your kids. Like I get that that could be really hard. Um, And I get that it could be really awkward if you're found like in that situation and you don't know what to do. So should we like brainstorm a little bit now? Do you want a role play of like, how are you going to handle that situation? Should you find yourself in it so that you can get yourself out of it? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's always helpful. Yeah, I think definitely preparing and planning and then also just being really cognizant of the words that you use to describe someone else's parenting choices. You know, you you don't want to villainize or make it seem like what they do is wrong and what we do is right. I think it's just really focusing on the tone and the culture of your home and how that stays consistent no matter where you are. If you're visiting family or if you're going to a friend's house or whatever, that they know the rules and expectations that stay that stay the same and stay consistent and constant so that it's not a question over yeah. what they should do because um, it's, just, it's just your home, you know, and other people's homes are different. And there's lots of ways that that can go. But just not giving them the idea of what they do is right and what this other person does is wrong because that is definitely going to create a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, maybe is it even like within your own home talking about, hey, this is why we do yeah. this. This is what's important to us. This is what our house is centered on. This is why we believe this is right. And so they have that framework to kind of go into those mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking. Like, I think these conversations open up a lot of space to like disciple your children mm-hmm. um, on why you do what you do and then how do we not um, be judgmental or be condescending Mm -hmm. or, um, like Becca was saying, like, act like we are right, they are wrong. It's like, we're just focusing on us Mm -hmm. and what we think, like, we are valuing what we feel like Jesus has called us to and how we Mm -hmm. see that functioning in our home. And part of that is being loving of all people and not Mm -hmm. like, this is right and that's That's what we're doing. Um, okay. Kind of as we wrap up kind of a, an, a general sense at the end question is, um, if you could leave us with maybe one piece of wisdom from your experience, uh, both professionally and as a mom yourself, what would the be, what would it be? I think for me, it would be like, don't be afraid to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think, you know, even to Becca's point from like the very beginning of this conversation is like we shy away from these things um, because they feel big or they feel scary or we don't want to um, plant seeds in our kids' heads that they're not ready for or whatever the fear might be that's guiding us to to avoid instead of to approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we definitely want to be doing it age appropriately, but we also want to be, again, the ones who are shaping our kids in this um, conversation and in all ways, right? Like we want to be the ones discipling our children. And there are lots of things that are competing to disciple Mm -hmm, our children mm -hmm. in lots of different areas, whether it's social media or culture or TV shows or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And so the more that we have open conversations with our kids, the more that we are also then communicating to them, like, we are here for whatever questions you have, for whatever big, scary things you're processing through, mm-hmm. for whatever you're facing. Like, this is a place where we can talk about all things. Um, we are open to that. And we want to be, like, filling our children with the truth of Jesus and empowering them mm-hmm. to um, know how to stick up for themselves and to yes. um, respond to hard situations and to navigate all of those things. So conversations, even if they feel scary, um, have them. 
Yeah, Kristen, one of the things you said that just is a huge takeaway for me personally is just this notion of this seems like a small thing that, like you said, like, you know, Aunt Phyllis isn't necessarily a predator that you're Mm -hmm. worried about. But I'm teaching, you know, my daughter is very shy and quiet. And so each of these situations is giving her an opportunity just Mm -hmm. to know that her voice matters and that it's valued and that she has a choice in what she does like with her body and what she says. And so just a takeaway for me that has been pretty impactful. But Beck, do you want to add? I would just say that this is such a good starting point of a conversation and to keep it going um, for any parents that are listening and that want extra resources and want to seek the knowledge that we are always actively learning and growing and looking to people that know more than us and be an active learner, be an active learner in conversations like this, where maybe it's external resources, but also be an active learner of your children. Know them, know their likes, know their dislikes, know their comfort levels, and just be willing to be constantly learning and looking for those opportunities to learn more. Yeah. Christina, thanks so much for coming in and taking time to sit down and chat with us. We really appreciate it. I had fun. Thank you. (laughs) And this is Parenting in the Everyday. Tune in next time.